creative titles for sermons. You know, sometimes you don't come up with a creative one. You think of different things. Um, and then in the middle of the two services, I came up with a good title for this one. Um, you know, how to treat a woman is, is that's a good one. I, I like it, but how to train your man. I like that one better. <laughs> Anybody like that one? Amen. Right? Um, it's, it's, but it applies to everyone because if you're a young man, you still haven't gotten married. This is what God would want of you. If you're, um, you know, have sons or no young men, this is what you aspire of them. If you're a husband, this is what God would want. If you're a lady, this is the kind of man you would want. And as more and more I talk to widows, they say, I really don't want to get remarried because I already trained my first one. I don't want to train another one. You know, and so thank you, Jenny. So how do you train? Um, how do you train your, your husband? It's a good title, right? I like it. I like that one. And uh, Abigail loves how to train a dragon. So we could kind of put this together, how to train a, train a man. Um, let me just say this. Uh, it, I didn't grow up uh, with good examples in the home. I, um, I love my grandfather. He was like a father to me. He raised me while my dad was in and out of jail. I lived with my grandfather and um, he was a great man, but uh, he had his faults and they would always fight over the same thing. Uh, some people say that ladies, they turn historical, you know, after you fight with them instead of hysterical. They keep bringing back the old stuff that you used to do and, you know, they get historical on you. And, um, and my grandmother and grandfather would fight over the pea soup, the pea soup story. What was the pea soup story? You ready for it? It's not very hard. It's, it's a pea soup story was one day my grandmother was making this big pot of pea soup and my, my grandfather invited one of his friends that was very hungry to come over the house and eat. And so the friend came over the house and my grandmother said, you will not eat anything. I'd rather see you starve. Get out of here. And so my grandmother wouldn't let the guy eat. And so every time they got into a fight, you wouldn't let my friend eat pea soup. And they would fight over the same pea soup story. No matter what the fight was about, it went back to the pea soup. You know, it always went to pea soup. And it was the pea soup story. So I grew up with that. I grew up with that. And that wasn't a very good example of what it means to be a man. Uh, my dad, he was, <laughs> he was a piece of work too. He was, he was something else. You know, he was, you know, he, him and the way he would communicate with people. He would use a lot of sarcasm and a lot of jokes. And I found out that that doesn't work out too well in a marriage. Very early in our marriage, when I was cracking jokes while Kitty was having a baby. That's not the place to crack jokes. <laughs> All right? And she stopped me in my tracks. And even to this day, I got to be careful with using sarcasm and using jokes to alleviate the tension in the home. That's my default. And so Katie is training her husband, and she's helping me to be... What, it, what God would want me to be. It's not easy. And I don't want to come off like a politician telling you, oh, the home is a disaster and here's a few solutions for the home and give you some false solutions. I am an, I, not an idealist. I am a realist. I understand this is hard work. And no one is there and we can all grow. This is the kind of man I aspire my children, my boys to be. This is the kind of man that I hope my daughters will marry one day. This is the kind of man I hope to be. And I'm still growing on being. Um, look at First Peter chapter 3. You know why I love this passage? 
because it gives six verses to women and only one verse to men. Isn't that great? What does that tell you? Six verses to women and only one to men. What does that tell you? The women need a lot of work, don't they? Amen. Uh, we're going to have to wait to hear those verses for until next month in Father's Day because we're going to skip over the first six verses. And we're going to only look at the, the verse 7 here of 1 Peter chapter 3 of, of one verse about the men. And how he starts it off is interesting. He says, you husbands in the same way. So he's going to say what we want out of, out of men is we want them to be sensitive and submissive to God, just like we want that out of women. And so we can't just say women need to be sensitive and submissive to God and men, no. No, men, we need to be sensitive and submissive to God as well. And in the same way that they are, we need to be that too. And, and what he's going to do is going to give two participles that act as commands here in verse 7. And then he's going to give us two motivations to live these things out. And, and I pray that these are helpful to us. Notice this here in, in verse 7. He says, you husbands in the same way, here's what I want you to do. I want you to live with, and then the NASB supplies the two words, your wives. It assumes that he's talking about the wives here in, verse, in verses 1 to 6. I want you to dwell with them. Here's what's interesting. That word live is only found here in the New Testament. Nowhere else. It's a word that means to dwell intimately with them. It's to live with them. It's not only to share the same roof with them. How many people do we know? They share the same house, but they live two separate lives. That's not what God wants. We are to share a life together. He's saying live with them. Share your life with them. Share a home with them. Be careful not to substitute providing a living for them with sharing life with them. Some, some men, they substitute that their whole lives about living and, and providing a living for their wives. One guy I knew, he got three jobs to provide a living for his family. And his wife said, after a year of him working three jobs and never being home, she said, I've lived this last year without you. I can live the rest of my life without you. 20 years of marriage. Sometimes we substitute that and say, I got to provide for my wife. So I got to provide a good life for them. But we don't share life with them. He's saying, live with them. Dwell with them. Share life with them. Be with them. I understand that some military people are deployed and oftentimes they don't get to be in the same home. I appreciate Sam and how he said, even though I'm deployed at times when I'm home, I want to be home. We want to live together, share a life together, share a bed together, sleep in the same bed together. It is sharing a life. Now he's not saying shack up with a woman. By the way, did you know that divorce is way down in the United States? Do you know why? No one's getting married. That's why. And so people are just living together, living with people. And he's not saying that. In fact, that fosters a lot of problems when people just move in together. You know what it fosters? It fosters an environment of, of, of not committing to one another. 
And then the moment they commit to one another, they say, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. And then they get divorced. They're twice as likely to get divorced if they live together before they get married. <clears throat> and interesting. Some person says you give up a lot of freedoms when you get married. One of them is you're not as free as you were before to pick your own nose. <laughs> now, one amen. <laughs> Think about that for a moment. That's profound, isn't it? That's just marital advice on the side there. We got to keep going here. But live with one another. You never thought about that. You're going to go home and wait a minute. I'm not as free as I was. Live with one another. Share a life together. Now, he tells us how we ought to do that. Look at this. We share a life together in an understanding way. Notice this here. Literally in the Greek, it is according to knowledge. We ought to know a few things. We ought to know God. That's one. We, we, we ought to know not only God, but we ought to know what God says about, about marriage and what it means to really live with somebody. We ought to know principles from God's word. But here's the hardest part. Knowing God is, is easy. Knowing, knowing God's principles are, are easy. But we ought to know our wives. That's not as easy. We ought to observe them and learn and gain information and listen to them. And gather the information. You know why? Because the information often changes. And we don't make jokes about it. Although I got a joke. Alright? I'm sorry. I heard this joke before. Just when we just got married. And it stuck with me my whole marriage. I don't understand. 20 years. I can't forget this joke. You ready for it? You want to hear it? You probably don't want to hear the joke. You, you, you want to hear the joke. It has to do with this verse. The guy in Chicago, he always wanted to go to Italy, but he's scared. God comes to him and says, I'm going to give you one of two things. Only one of two things. What do you want? He goes, I've always wanted to go to Italy, but I'm scared. I don't get on planes. Can you make me a highway from Chicago to Italy? God goes, well, that's a lot of work. What's the other thing you would want? Lord, I want to understand my wife. God says, do you want a two-lane highway or a four-lane? <laughs> Not a bad one. It's stuck with me all these years. I can't get it out of my head. We make jokes about this because they change. For years, my wife, her love language was food. How dare I touch her food? I used to grab some of her dessert and eat it. I learned right away, you don't do that. That's her love language. Now it's changed. Her love language now is sleep. <laughs> don't mess with her sleep. You mess with a sleep, you're in big trouble. And so you learn, you gather information, you ask questions, you experience her world. Try sticking around a couple of kids, young kids, for the whole day. It's not easy. Sometimes we think their lives are easy. It ain't easy. I remember when Katie was at, she was, she was doing school when we were in Texas and I had to watch Ellie and Johnny. That was hard, but what made it nice is Ellie was so amazing. She would read to Johnny, like, you know, you just say, yeah, Johnny, I mean, me, 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 and she would read to him. They had a great relationship. But yet I was dead, and I was only with them two to three hours. I couldn't wait for her to get back from class. She got back, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you're home, I'm dead. I, I can't take this anymore. It's a lot of work. Experience her world, understand her world. 
And look what it says about the wife. This is amazing. You know, people take advantage of this, but look at this. It says that she is someone weaker. Notice this. It's interesting the words he uses here. The word someone in the Greek is a vessel. By the way, both men and women are vessels. We're both vessels before God. God is the potter. We are the clay. And God makes us into a vessel. We are instruments in God's hands. Both men and women. But, look at this. She is a weaker vessel. Now somebody says, Oh no, this is derogatory. Uh-oh, what is Peter doing here? You dare, how dare you call a woman weaker? Uh, I hate to say this, but God somehow created men and women differently. And men have some kind of muscle mass that some women just don't have. And if you want me to prove it, let's have an arm wrestling contest. And I pretty much guarantee that most men will beat their wives in arm wrestling. Now, be careful. There are some women that will mess you up. All right? Uh, you don't want to mess with But I never understood men flexing their muscles around their wife. Look at me, baby. Look at that part. Look at those parts. You know, God created you that way. That's okay. But let me say this. It's not just talking that she's physically weaker. Because, guys, I know something that you don't want to try that they do. Try giving birth. Praise God, we're not women. <laughs> Holy cow. I never knew how strong my wife was until we had our first kid. She didn't cry. She just sat there and had a kid. I'm, like, I'm a wreck. And then this thing called natural childbirth. I've never had a natural root canal. <laughs> I'm like, hit me again. Yeah, yeah, I still feel it. Hit me again. I need another shot. She's sitting there having natural childbirth. We were in Argentina. They're offering all these drugs to her when she's having Joshua. We didn't know the Spanish words for drugs, the different kind of drugs. And she, she's like, no, no. She was scared. She didn't know what to put in her body. She had Joshua natural. It was, a, it was an amazing thing. Then we find out the drugs were only 60 bucks. <laughs> I would have took them all if I could. Yeah. She had Joshua like it was nothing. That is a strong woman. So don't just go around saying they're weak. You know what Peter is saying? Just the very fact that they say I do to people like us, fallen men, puts them in a vulnerable position. They're in a weak position because they have to follow us. And what he is saying in this verse is you live with them and dwell with them in an understanding way and you do not ever exploit them because they are in a vulnerable position. Ever take advantage of being the man who makes the decisions, taking advantage and not considering her first and thinking about her, her fears and her frustrations before you make those decisions. How many do it? How many come home? Honey, I got a new car! Oh, honey, right away, pack your bags, we're moving. Oh, honey, this and honey, that. And don't even consider. He's saying, be very careful. She's a weaker vessel. Since, look what he says, she is a what? She's a woman. He uses a rare word in the Greek. She is a female. Be careful with that. 
Don't, don't follow what the world does and how they abuse women and how they treat women like a piece of meat. Don't do that. Don't exploit them. Consider them. Understand them. Learn about them. And when they change, you change. They're in a weaker position. So I, I tell Katie many times, I am so glad I'm not you. You have to follow me. That ain't easy. I try to love her and try, but even in my best efforts, I'm a sinner, a fallen sinner, and I make mistakes. He's saying, don't exploit that, but here's what you ought to do. You ought to show her honor, assign her honor. It, it, it's the word there, a military word in the Greek. You, you got an assignment. You go out on an assignment. Here's what you ought to do. You ought to assign her honor. This means we need to be very careful how we talk to them. I tell our kids, what does it mean to honor your mother and father? It's the way you speak to us that matters to God. It is your attitude. This is a hard attitude. Yes. And here's what hits us, because if you're like me and you like sarcasm, that doesn't work in a marriage. We got to be careful with our words. And instead of using words to rip them down, or as one guy told me, can you believe I'm married to that? Right in front of his wife. We need to use our words to build them up and honor them. I couldn't sleep last night. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this text and I'm, I'm doing it and it's four o'clock in the morning and I just start pouring my heart out to Katie. I said, Katie, I, I can't tell you how much I love you. How, how amazing. I even got her a card that says, you're an amazing wife and an amazing mother. And then you open up the card and says, can I pick them or can I pick them? Kind of a nice thing. I'm like, Katie, you are absolutely amazing. I know I say this sometimes. It just doesn't go through. But I, I, I love you. I, I appreciate you. I'm thankful. You're a wonderful mother. You're, you're an amazing wife. You're, you're, you're just, you're an incredible woman. You know how she responded? Don't mess with her sleep. Yeah. I'm like, you're snoring. I'm pouring my heart out to you. I love you. I love you. Everything. But that's her love language. But thank her. Don't be like the guy in the pickup truck who's sitting there driving a the pickup truck and his wife looks at him and says, remember, honey, when we were dating, you know, I used to sit under your armpit and you used to drive and I used to be right next to you, but now I'm all the way over here. And he looks at her and says, I haven't moved, you have. I'll tell you, I love you when I change my mind. I told you once in our marriage and I'll tell you again. When I change my mind, no, no. Tell her you love her. Tell her you appreciate her. Tell her how wonderful she is. Honor her with your thoughts, with your life, with your heart, with your words. Assign that honor to her. Here's why. He's going to give us two motivations right here in the text. Because we're fellow heirs of the grace of life. We are joint heirs. We have the same Savior. We have the same spiritual standing before God. There is not the man here before God and the woman here before God. We are the same before God. 
Just like I was redeemed, she is redeemed. Just like I was saved, she is saved. Just, just like I was forgiven, she is forgiven. Just like I have the Holy Spirit, she has the Holy Spirit. We share life together. We have the grace of life together. What a wonderful thing. He's saying as a fellow heir, as a joint heir of the very grace of life. The very fact that we're together is by his grace. It's all about his grace. And remember, we don't want to live our lives just making plans of what we're going to do when we're 70. We want to live our lives each day by God's grace, enjoying one another. He's saying, let that motivate you. That you're not better than her. You're at the same standing as she is. And you have the same Savior as she does. And you share the same life that she does. So enjoy one another. And then watch this. If that doesn't motivate you, look at his next one. So that your prayers will not be what? Hindered. God cares so much how we treat the women in our lives. That if we don't do it right, if we don't understand them, if we don't assign them honor, he will cut and interrupt our relationship with him. Our prayers. That's amazing. He uses another military word there to cut up the road, to stop advancement. The, the enemy cannot advance now because the road is all cut up. He's saying this, you will not make advancement in your spiritual life if you do not understand and honor the woman that God has put in your life. Somebody says, well, I'm just going to pray that I have a good marriage. Peter says, no, no, have a good marriage so that you can pray. Because if you don't treat him right, God cares so much about it, he will stop those prayers. And what's a man without prayer? Nothing. What can I ever do for my family without prayer? Nothing. He cuts our prayers off. He cares. So, so what do I do when I don't understand and I don't honor her? I ask her for forgiveness. And then I go to God. And so... Here's a, here's a couple of things that I want to encourage you with today. It's Mother's Day. You know what that means? Ladies, you cannot cook today. You will not wash any dishes today. That one amen, huh? You will not clean the house today. Up, 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 up. Stop that. And men, that means you leave those things till tomorrow. Amen? <laughs> Let me give you a couple of quick things. We got to get out of here. It's Mother's Day. Tell her, tell her some qualities that you really like about her. Just open your heart to her. Don't, don't talk about things that are on exterior. Talk, focus on character. Thank her for her character. Talk to her about her character. Tell her what you like about her. Tell her, tell her one thing you want to change about yourself. Be careful there. We're so quick to know what other people need to change. Open your heart and tell her, you know what? I need to change this about myself. I, I remember um, one pastor, he gave this as an assignment to a couple. And the guy came back and had five things his wife needed to change. And he gave her the list. That marriage went, no, no, five things you need to change, not what she needs to change. Tell us something you need to change about yourself. And then ask the Holy Spirit to help you to be the man that God wants you to be. 
I grew up watching men treat women like dirt. And it's affected my relationship with my wife. So God help us to be examples to those around us. In a world that is blurring the lines. In a world that if you want to be a man, they'll they'll just look down on you. If you want to be a woman, they'll be disappointed in you. Let's show them, by God's grace, how a man treats a woman. And that'll make an impact on society. I never knew this stuff until I met a pastor in New York City. He loved his wife. And I said to him, you're the first couple I ever met that actually loved each other. I never even knew that existed. I thought that everyone just fought with each other and everyone just treated each other like a piece of dirt. But you guys actually love one another. What an example in my life impacted me. I met professors who loved their wives. I've met my in-laws who are committed to one another. I praise God for that. Let that be us. Let us show the way by understanding and giving them honor, by not exploiting their position, but truly loving as God would have us to love. Let's pray. Our Father, we we come before you. Lord, I realize how hard this is, and I thank you so much for your patience with us. God, I pray that you would work in each heart here. And Father, that this is not just for men. Lord, I pray for the wives or the aspiring wives here. That God, that they would help their husbands to be all that you want them to be. Not to look down on them or pick on them because of their faults. But to say to them gently, honey, understand me. Honor me. And and help them to be that person. I pray for the, the single men that they would aspire to be this. That they would know how to treat a woman I pray, Lord, for the young ladies who are not married yet, that, God, they would find men like this. I pray for my own daughters. And, Lord, I don't know the men that you're going to bring into their lives, but, God, I pray that they would know you and know them. I pray for my sons. I know they don't have the example in me that they ought to have. But God, work in their hearts and help them to be the men that you want them to be. In a world that looks down on this, God, help us to shine as lights. We look to you and only you. You care so much about this that you'll cut off our prayers. So, Father, I pray that you help us to live this out. Thank you for your grace. And thank you that we are fellow heirs of the grace of life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Remember, ladies, you have flowers before you leave. They'll be downstairs. Please stand with us.